0: Hello and another warm welcome to a Climate Crisis Conversation, the podcast series that we're giving the subtitle Catastrophe or Transformation, because this is a place where we're sharing thoughts about how we're feeling and how we're coping mentally as we live through this immense age increasingly defined by the climate and biodiversity crisis. But we also offer you these conversations as a way of illustrating that even in what can seem like very bleak times, there is so much positivity that we can all bring with our skills and our strengths and our love of this planet. And this episode illustrates that so well because we're going to be talking about Polly Higgins. Now, I'm hoping the name Polly Higgins and the word ecocide will ring a bell with some of you, but in case you haven't come across Polly's work, let me just bring you up to speed. Polly was a barrister who presumably could have made a lot of money at the bar doing what barristers do, but instead, about 15 years ago, she decided that there was just one client that she wanted to fight for, and that client was Planet Earth. She wanted the word ecocide, meaning crimes against the earth, to become a recognised legal term and for it to be brought against companies and individuals who've been contributing and still are knowingly contributing to the devastating breakdown of our planet's life support systems. So that became Polly Higgins' sole endeavour. She worked tirelessly for it gave numerous talks and presentations to galvanise people into taking action and become what she termed Earth Protectors. But then, at the beginning of this year, in what seems like a pretty cruel twist of fate, although, to be honest, I'm not sure cruel is a word that Polly would have used, she was incredibly strong and philosophical. But she was diagnosed with cancer and given six weeks to live. So we wanted this episode um, to be about her incredible work, but also, as I say, we wanted to use her life as inspiration for us all to take part in what she believed was the Great Turning. This conversation was between the Climate Psychology Alliance's Caroline Hickman And a great friend of Polly's called Tree Staunton, who's also director of the Bath Centre for Counselling and Psychotherapy. So the two of them sat on sofas in Tree's wonderful living space with walls clad in wood and natural light flooding in through large windows overlooking the town of Stroud. And it's that town that Polly Higgins also came to call home.
1: Hi. Hi. Thank you for agreeing to meet to do this podcast about Polly and her work. I was really keen that we did this podcast with you uh, and Polly. And I know I'm aware whenever I've talked to you about it, I've said Polly as if she was still with us. Yes. Uh, And in a sense, it feels that she is. Mm. So anyway, thank you. I wanted her to be one of the first. So I really appreciate it. you're doing this tell me a little bit about Polly Higgins and tell me a little bit about EcoCycle yeah
2: I mean this was Polly's big idea Mm. obviously Um, she tells the story of how uh, in around 2009 she was standing in court she was waiting for the judges to come in with the verdict she um, had been defending somebody who had been very badly damaged at work Mm. Um, and she looked out the window and, and saw a tree and thought the earth has been very badly damaged, the earth needs a good lawyer was the next thought that came and she says that thought changed her life um, because she then decided the earth was her only client um, and that she would work, she she sold her house, she put all her energy, money, everything into um, researching this and bringing it out into um, in, into the world. I mean she she traveled everywhere talking about this um, so her big idea yeah. was that uh, when she did her research and she looked into um, crimes against humanity mm-hmm. in international law yeah. uh, she found there was genocide and um, war crimes these were put in place after World War II um, and there were also crimes of aggression that was added in 2010 um, and it that meant that the, in The Hague, the International Criminal Court could hear crimes like that. As you know, we've had them from World War II, haven't we? Sure. Um, uh, and if a, a, a country couldn't uh, deal with or wouldn't deal with a crime that was seen as something breaking international law, genocide, for example, or um, crimes of war, that could be heard in The, in the Hague, in the International courts and uh, so when Polly researched this and she talks about the Rome Statute where that was that was set in in law um, she felt there was a missing law that ecocide was also a crime that needed to be in international law it needed to be considered a crime against against humanity and against the, the earth so Uh, The official definition of ecocide is the extensive destruction, damage to or loss of our ecosystems of a given territory, whether by human agency or by other cause, to such an extent that peaceful enjoyment by the inhabitants of that territory had been seriously diminished. And her point was inhabitants, not just humans, all the inhabitants of the earth um, and when she worded it that way it's it's in legal language, mm-hmm. and every word means something because mm-hmm. as you know in um, in a court of law everything is based on previous law and precedents mm-hmm. and so on so this wording was very important mm. um, it, it sounds a little bit officious but it, it you know it's quite important well
1: no I mean what what I really like about what you're saying there, is yes, she was completely inspired. I love this idea of her standing in the court and looking out of the window and seeing a tree mm. and getting mm. inspired. So, you know, that's creative, inspirational, but also that legal brain yeah. and that very grounded, practical approach to it, yeah. which was right. We're going to actually not just get inspired, but we're going to do something
2: about mm. this. Mm. That I really interested. I think interested that's in, right. I think yeah. that's right. Um, So that's the legal proposal that Polly put into the United Nations in uh, 2009. But you are absolutely right about her. Um, What I said earlier, you know, she's a dual national because she's actually a lawyer with this very, very um, incisive brain uh, and capacity to argue and, and be an advocate, but... On the other hand, she's also um, incredibly heartful and has a wider view of things, you know, has a, a fairly spiritual view. Mm. That, that reminds me a little bit of some of
1: what we're trying to do in CPA, the Climate Psychology mm. Alliance, mm. with psychotherapy and psychology and the arts in relation to deepening and widening the view around climate change yeah. and the climate crisis. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Right, so this sort of fits with that, but from a legal perspective. Yes,
2: I think I think so from a legal perspective. But I, I think the um, uh, I think the shift really is that she's talking about the difference between, as we know in law, in property law, we buy and sell the earth. Yeah. You know, we own the earth, um, and there is a legal framework around buying and selling property, mm. and she talks about that that way that we think about the earth as belonging to us mm. uh, and the shift that's needed is that we are trustees of the earth mm. that we don't own it we are here to be guardians and caretakers yeah
1: well
2: I, I really like the leaflet
1: um, the stop eco side change the law leaflet one of the things I love again about this I've just was looking at it earlier it's that holistic approach Mm -hmm. that you're talking about artists against ecocide Mm -hmm. lawyers against ecocide bus drivers against ecocide but then you've got robins against ecocide squirrels against ecocide Mm -hmm. whales against ecocide butterflies ladybirds and then it all comes together with this earth protectors against ecocide Mm -hmm. so i just love that because it well it makes me smile it makes me feel as if i belong in that list Mm -hmm. you know i can i can be there Ladybirds are there. I can be there, mm. you know. So there's the, the clear law, but it also it's inclusive and yeah. it's humanising. Yeah. Uh, tell, me, tell me a bit about the Earth Protectors, how this developed into... So we've got the law, but how did that develop into this idea of becoming an Earth an Protector?
2: Earth protector. Um, so I, I think um, it is about uh, supporting the the law going forward. So I think her idea is that if if you can get thousands of people endorsing this uh, you know it's going to have more power Mm -hmm. um, if they can say how many people are supporting it they also needed obviously funds to keep the campaign going so having a system where people could sign up and pay five pounds to be an earth protector was a pretty good business idea I think Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think the thing about it is it's not sentimental you know, even though Polly was a, a, a nature lover, mm. um, it's not a sentimental thing. You know, it's very solidly in law. Mm. Um, you know, and it basically it refers back to uh, law where people could become conscientious objectors after the uh, during the war. Um, that first of all, obviously, they were imprisoned, um, and then it became possible. To say that you were you, your conscience would not allow you to go to war, mm. um, so there's a sort of legal precedent about being um, an an objector, mm. um, and she put it into protector rather than objector because she was saying this is this is a positive. It's not just I'm objecting to that which I don't like. It's also I am protecting that which I love.
1: She had an amazing way of thinking about this. Mm. Yeah. Quite a, an amazing mind and spirit and soul that you've described. But I also,
2: from what I hear, and I never met her, I also hear she was a lot of fun. Great fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, she had the most crazy parties yeah. <laughs> where we all had to dress up. You know, there were themes and you had to dress up. And in fact, uh, she's left instructions that her birthday this year in June, end of June, will be celebrated by the Mad Hatter's Tea Party. So, yeah, she was absolutely a fun lover. And she, I think that also actually helped her to be a community builder mm. because she gathered people around her. Mm. People would, you know, just gravitate towards her. And she could just create events and, you know, happenings and uh, conversations wherever she went. So I think she did have a huge talent for networking. Well, and
1: I hear there was organic whiskey involved.
2: Often, yes. Yeah. That was there at the, at the funeral as well. Yeah. Yeah. That always helps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the pictures, could you mind if
1: I ask you just for a minute about the funeral? Um you, you don't have to sort of talk about it more than you want to, but the pictures are very moving, yeah. and they show this real mixture of people coming together. They show a lot of life and color and love mm-hmm. yeah. and beauty um it It looks an extraordinary. Event no, event's the wrong word, isn't it? A lovely experience to be part of.
2: Well, it's not only that. I think when it was announced so immediately, uh, when she got the diagnosis, she wanted everyone to know. Mm. She wanted everybody to be told. Um, and we were asked um, to have to create an intention experiment mm. that she would be free of cancer, mm. uh, that her immune system would be strong and healthy. Uh, and that we were going to envision this Mm. and this was uh, something that went worldwide you know there were actually thousands of people doing it when I first um, heard that that was being asked I I I have to say my, my sort of medical brain thought this is really not possible you know Polly you've been diagnosed with cancer everywhere it doesn't happen and then my next thought was This is the way Polly thinks. This is how Polly says, we don't know that it can't happen. It hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that got me on board and I I was doing it at six o'clock every evening, the intention experiment. Um, You know, what I did was I simply uh, kept in mind the phrases... You know it's our intention that Polly Higgins will be free from cancer, that her immune system will be strong and healthy, and that she will be healthy in every way and you repeated that
1: every evening at six o'clock yeah because i I also tuned in at six o'clock um and i what's interesting is i i I use different language um but we were past both part of the same intention mm. so I I tuned in and, and pretty much sort of talked to the trees every day day at Mm. six o'clock and said can you help polly oh
2: that's lovely
1: yeah it's interesting i get geeky here but a lot of the research evidence has shown that regardless of the modality being used it's the faith and the intention behind the modality that's being used which produces the outcome Mm. and they've compared western medicine with faith healing and shamanic healing and the outcomes are the same so for me, what Polly was kind of also offering us there was an opportunity mm. to really sort of expand our consciousness yeah. and beca- and really learn more mm. about healing.
2: Mm. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I think it is just a kind of a further example of how she had this foot in both camps, mm. you know, that she was um, an incredibly strong uh, evidence-based mm. kind of thinker, Uh, But at the same time, she could expand into the universe, to the possibilities, endlessly. So again, that's about her
1: imagination and her big heart, but also her willingness to step into the unknown. Mm. Because in taking on the sort of the the ecocide project, Mm. she really is trying to change the world. She's trying to change something on a grand scale, Mm. which I imagine lots of people would say, well, it's too big, you can't do it be reasonable, mm. do something smaller first. But she didn't do mm. that, did she? No. She went global.
2: She went global. Mm. And and she particularly brought in these small island states mm. that um, were going to go underwater. Um, and she was adding into the law, the there's another part of the law that she was trying to push through, that there would be responsibility on other nations to uh, take care of those people who were made homeless because of... Climate change.
1: Yeah, I, I, I read about this uh, in the newspaper mm-hmm. about Vanuatu mm-hmm. um, and other you know low lying island states sort of, you know, asking or demanding quite rightly that we help them mm-hmm. because they've not contributed to the carbon mm-hmm. emissions mm-hmm. which are causing the climate crisis, mm-hmm. which are causing the sea level rises, yes. but they are the people that are paying the price. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. I think it's very, very important that she extended this to them and worked closely with them. Yeah. Have you had contact with them recently about how that work's going to be carried forwards now?
2: Um, I think that they are just re re-gathering, you okay. know, after and taking things forward. Mm. Um, as you know, the um, head of state came from that island mm-hmm. to the funeral. He brought um, a burial mat... Mm. Um, and that was placed in the grave, as before Polly was lowered into it, and that was very very moving so you mentioned the funeral it was it was a huge community affair absolutely huge uh, there were people outside they had to put speakers outside the church um it it was there was standing room only um and you know everybody was just present and there and there was not I don't know if St Lawrence's has ever had such a, um, a an incredible gathering of community uh, I think 500 people was the estimate uh, and when Ian uh, Polly's husband spoke about their relationship and his his loving feelings towards her and his support of her work I think there was a standing ovation. We did not want to stop. We were, you know, clapping and st- stood up for, I think, you know, it felt like five minutes. I, I felt like i have never been to a funeral where I didn't want it to end. Mm. It was as though we were, you know, together in that moment with her. You're talking about love, aren't you? I think that Polly um, drew love to her and she extended love to others so we then walked behind the green hearse Mm. carrying her we all walked ian walked as well he didn't go in the hearse Uh, we were all, you know he was chatting to people on the way Mm. it's two miles up the slad valley Um, there were cars coming down and we asked them could they switch their engines off Um, and obviously we were we looked as though we might have been a demonstration because we all had Stop ecocide, mm. um, you know, poster, banners, posters. I had my Polly Higginses everywhere. We looked like we were demonstrators, you know. Um, but obviously there was a hearse in front, so people had to take in. This isn't just a demonstration. Mm. Um, and then when we got to the churchyard, there was the, then the burial ground is actually, you know, all the way up. Uh, it's a winding path all the way up from the church. So she was had to be carried up there. Uh, and then we all were gathered round. And I have to say that the, the vicar was very um, tolerant, shall we say, because we had to call in the four directions. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, shaking things and yeah. singing a little bit and doing those sorts of things. Um, and then at the end, he said, you know, the, the Almighty God part, so um, I think it was. She would have loved it. Mm.
1: Did you get the sense that the Earth was present, given that she's the lawyer for the Earth? Did you get that sense that the Earth was uh, sending representation? Were the robins? Were the? I know that might sound silly, but I like to imagine yes. that there were butterflies Absolutely. and robins and.
2: Yeah. And it's a beautiful wild nature kind of a place. It mm. it's not a trimmed. You know looked after cemetery mm-hmm. it's a it's looks like you know it's a field with hedges and grass growing mm-hmm. you know wild grass, wild flowers mm. so the
1: earth is with her yeah
2: yeah no, absolutely
1: it absolutely got me when you described the 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 prayer mat from Vanuatu it absolutely uh, um just touched me so deeply that they came here and that they were part of that, that there's something about her work that really um, talks about that global sensibility and that need for us to connect Mm. if we're going to do the work we need to do to address this climate and biodiversity crisis. Mm. And that that somehow was shown in that moment.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. And Mm. crossing all boundaries. And and that's why she believed so strongly it had to be an international law. You know, it's not one country. Mm. You know, all of us are involved in this. Mm. What do you think Polly would be saying
1: to us now? You might be hearing from her still. What would she say?
2: (laughs) Well um jojo always uh, talked about polly's downloads you know polly would come after the night and come and say i've had a download this is what we've got to do um and uh she had her earth diaries you know that she wrote in uh and i suppose um you know there's a, there is definitely in the community the feeling that polly is still offering she's telling us how to how to go forward she's still present and she did say i will just be working from somewhere else that mm-hmm. hence polly higgins is everywhere i know which is beautiful can i do you mind if i ask you about to talk
1: about your dream
2: yes i um last night it was a it was a dream in which i uh kind of got that uh polly hadn't really died uh that this had been staged mm to protect her from the oil giants Mm. that she had taken on. Bear in mind that in December she went to The Hague and she named the CEO of Shell. Mm. And she uh, began preliminary proceedings against two people, a director and a CEO, um, so that they would be, so they are named as having superior responsibility uh, so therefore, they, even though they are not intending to commit ecocide, they are not intending for there to be mass destruction, uh, they are, their actions are creating that. And furthermore, they've known about it. That's, I think, you know, there's this hashtag Shell knew, mm. because they knew uh, their their scientists were telling them what was happening. And they continued. So I, I think that was her way into saying, we we are going to be bringing uh, the law to bear on individuals who have this responsibility. Mm. So it's not on a, a company. Mm. It is on, you know, representative individuals.
1: And that reflects really, I think, some of the sort of the urgency that a lot of people are feeling. Mm. The, the Greta Thunberg sort of argument that house is on fire, you know, mm. we've got to the Extinction Rebellion argument, you've got to act now that sort of, actually, we can't keep talking about this, mm. we actually need to take that decisive action now. Mm. So it's really interesting to hear what she was doing recently. Mm. Who, who's taking that work forwards?
2: Well, there are, her team, Uh, Jojo was her right-hand woman. Mm. She's going to be taking it forward. They worked very closely together, um, so they would kind of know each other's thinking. Mm. Um, So, you know, she is going to be taking it forward, but with a strong team. Mm. There's also um, a legal team who've been briefed to continue with the case. Uh, So that, that case that she was bringing and announcing in The Hague... Obviously, some people felt that she is putting herself at risk, mm-hmm. because, as we know, when you challenge com- big, big money, big companies like that, you are likely to fall foul. And so, going back to my dream, yeah. um, I, in my dream, uh, we had there was a sort of idea that Polly actually wasn't really dead; that the whole thing had been staged. Uh, in order to protect her from from the, you know, repercussions of what she was doing and that she would still be working, you know, kind of behind the scenes, which in a way she is, mm. as people are saying. But my dream was, was kind of, it, it felt very real. You know, she's still here, really. It's all, all this whole thing that, that happened has just been a show. Mm. Mm. I wish it was. I share that wish.
1: Absolutely. The intention experiment perhaps didn't work in some ways, but perhaps did work in other ways, I wonder. Because mm. that is very powerful. Mm. There were a lot of people joining in that experiment.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, and there was so so I don't know if you knew that there was a Facebook page set up. We part of that extra I was in it. Yeah. So uh you will have seen mm. the incredible mm. messages of love mm. and you know that were pouring in mm. on that facebook page and um polly early on polly responded and wrote on it and said how how grateful she was for all the support mm. um but we do know that she um didn't see necessarily the outcome being that she would live and that that would mean success. Mm. She was completely okay with whatever would happen. Mm. Um, and, and you know, she did die very, very peacefully. Mm. Mm. And Anita was going every day and she said it, she wasn't really in pain. I was concerned about, you know, I, I asked, I, was Polly in a lot of pain? Because if somebody has bone cancer, mm. that can be very painful, I've heard. Mm. Um, she said she wasn't. Mm. That fits really with
1: what you said to me earlier about Polly's reaction when she was first given the news, the diagnosis. Mm. I, that was very powerful. to Remind me, what did she say?
2: Uh, she said, well, this is the next challenge. Mm. And I think, according to Ian, she also said, well, I've got a lot of work to do in if I've only got six weeks.
1: Amazing woman. Yeah. Absolutely amazing.
2: Really, it, you can't kill the spirit.
1: No, exactly. I think yes. that's just so clear. Yeah. So back to the Polly Higgins is everywhere. It just makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Yeah. That you're she's in our dreams. Yeah. She's in the intention experiment. Yeah. She's in the Hague. Yeah. You know, yeah. she's in nature. She's in the earth. She's and, in the air. And, but,
2: this, and this way that she could inhabit these very different uh, experiential worlds, because let's face it, law, you know, being out there it's a very kind of different thing from being someone who says, um, you know, an intention experiment, let's just do this, let's put positive energy. And Polly was renowned for starting an idea, doing the next thing and saying the money will come. Mm. And of course it always did. Well also, uh, as
1: you said, she said about the intention experiment, about not knowing those limits and about being willing to not know mm. those limits, and you're, you know, I understand what you mean when you say your medical brain kind of kicked in and went, "Well, this can't work," mm. but you do it anyway. Mm. So you you, you engage with that and let yourself hope and not know and trust mm. and be touched by that, yeah. be part of that, mm. and not know what would come out of it. Mm.
2: Yes I think that's right and I don't even know if it was a hope hoping she will live it was wanting all to be well mm. um, but she was very clear it, it that doesn't necessarily mean mm. continuing in this realm mm. but if you're somebody who exists with one foot in the other realm perhaps it doesn't matter to her very much. Mm. 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 I know she had a lot more to give and to achieve and I'm very sad that Obviously, hugely sad that she's died. But also that um, she. the law has... I would have liked to see the law in place when Polly was with us.
1: Well, somehow, I suspect she'll know when it is. Mm. Um, I suspect she will be leading the celebration on that. Um, and there's the party to come in June.
2: Yes. And I think, you know, Polly, inspirational woman that she was, um, she will go on inspiring us. You know, she will be one of those figures uh, that we talk about in time to come, that we draw on her work, we draw on her inspiration, her ideas, and just her energy and who she was. Mm -hmm. She created the most incredible community around her. Um, And, you know, the Labour, our our Labour councillor, he's talking about her all the time. Um, It's no mistake that Extinction Rebellion started in Stroud. Uh, Gail Bradbrook talks, one of the co-founders of Extinction Rebellion, talks about how Polly um, was instantly receptive and supportive about the idea when she said, I think we need mass civil disobedience. Uh Gail said she'd said it to a lot of people, and a lot of people had you know backed off. She said Polly instantly embraced it uh, uh, directed her towards legal advice um, you know was incredibly helpful, and said sometimes to make a law you have to break a law mm. Oh that is
1: the perfect perfect end point <laughs> perfect yeah <laughs>
0: Caroline Hickman and Tree Staunton, remembering Polly Higgins. Polly gave many interviews and talks, lots of TED Talks, you can find them online. And do please consider becoming an Earth Protector yourself so that you can contribute towards the goal of making ecocide a crime It will make you a trustee of the earth, which is actually something that will stand up in court as evidence that you're acting to protect our planet. What a positive and such a simple thing to do. The website address is stopecocide.earth and we will put a link in our show notes too. Thanks for listening, for really listening. Climate Crisis Conversations is hosted by the Climate Psychology Alliance and produced by Parity Audio. I'm Verity Sharp, and I hope you'll join us again soon.